Hello friends and welcome to episode number 198 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, Justin, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were less than 100 kilometers away from me. Yeah. And I did not get to see them play in person. <laughs> Damn. Well, uh, you, missed a, you missed a loss. It was a good game, but yeah. It was a loss and it ended terribly, but yeah, um, yeah it was kind of cool. It's, it's kinda, It was a shitty Saturday for me because on one hand... I'm still trying to get over the other stuff. Uh, and, uh, <coughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> still trying to get over that shit. And also, I missed Halifax Pride Parade and I missed uh, the CFL Atlantic. Yeah, it I was just Atlantic. Whatever. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, whatever. They can call it whatever. It looked, like a, anyway. looked like a fun time there at Acadia University Field there. Yeah. Yep. I've seen the field before. I've been to Wolfville before. Beautiful yep. little sleepy town. Um, mm-hmm. Plan on taking a vacation there next year. Nice. Uh, and by vacation, I mean just like a sleepy weekend. We'll stay in Airbnb or whatever, something like that. Yeah. So, it's a nice, <laughs> nice place to go. I think it proves there is interest in the CFL here in Atlantic Canada. Yeah, they said it sold out in less than 15 minutes. The It's like 13,000 tickets or something, so... I don't know if it's sustainable though, because a lot of people came from far away. Fair, yeah, that's that's so, fair. I, I mean, people drive for like up to eight hours to come to Regina to watch the Riders play. So for like home, just for a home game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm interested. I, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm very much so against the public paying for a stadium. I, I don't want that to happen. Uh, I want a private enterprise to be the one to foot the bill for it. And I don't even know where you put it. Yeah. I, you could put it next to the airport, but it's that's a, such a sh- god-awful shitty place uh, <laughs> to get to, to yeah. drive. You got to drive for like half an hour out of the city. That would suck. Yeah, I've flown if to Halifax before. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a weird place for an airport. It, well, yeah. I think the idea is like that. The city is still developing. Like, it's True. still growing. It's one of the yeah. fastest growing uh, cities. In, Beautiful city, too. Uh, in Canada. Possibly North America, too. I don't know. Maybe even the world. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's we're seeing a very large influx of folks coming from all around the world. Coming yeah. to live and it's, in Canada. It's uh, it's the classic, like, first arrival city of, like, the port, right? <laughs> so Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. And the... you. You can feel there is definitely interest in the CFL. For sure. I just I just don't know where you plunk down a stadium. Yeah. It's kind of weird because there's three, at, or, well, no, I guess it's not three, but there's at least two universities right next to one another. Right. And they have their own fields already. Yeah. St. Mary's University and... And Dalhousie. Uh, Dalhousie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Wolfville is maybe like 150 kilometers away at most i don't i don't know exactly what it is and they have right. their own stadium and then you go 200 kilometers away from that and then you're at saint of so like there's all <laughs> their football interest is there yeah big time yeah those are all big football schools so <clears throat> yeah so i don't know man i i feel like it's inevitable but like god i really don't want the public to have to pay for it that's fair yeah so before we get into baseball uh well if you like what we do first of all at BFMD Podcast on Twitter. That's also our website, bfmdpodcast.com. 
go ahead dm or tweet us your questions we like them we we read them and then they kind of help to shape what we talk about big time um follow us on anchor apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts you will find us uh leave us a nice review we like positive reviews uh you want to leave us a negative review i guess you can leave us an honest too. review five stars or less there you go there you, <laughs> i like that okay so let's just talk two things i didn't even i'm kind of springing this on you i don't know if you read what i put in our, our i never read notes. the sheet i just go in by the seat of my pants every time <laughs> all right uh fair enough. uh re- you recently did some 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 upgrading yeah do you want to talk about that yeah so if you, if you can't tell by the sound of my voice i sound really fucking good sultry, um, very sultry i know i bought us like a studio quality microphone yeah 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 yeah. uh and yeah so i went a bit overboard on prime day last week <laughs> shout out to my boy jeff bezos right. you're a dick but your company has ways to get things for cheap so i appreciate that i had a bunch of stuff on a watch list <clears> for <throat> a long time that i wanted to buy for my setup um the old place we were in didn't have the space, but obviously when Taryn and I moved four months ago, I have more room now. So I bought a bigger desk for myself when we moved here. And then I just bought a new laptop and a ultra wide monitor as my like personal setup. And then I have like right next to that on my desk, which is like an L shape. I'll post a picture on the Twitter after. Um, I have my work computer and my other monitor. So I have two laptops and two monitors on my desk. And I also have a boom arm for this microphone. I have my old microphone attached to my work computer now, so I'll still use that for my Zoom meetings and whatnot. Yeah. And then I've got like my Xbox in here too, so I've got like a TV and two computers and two extra monitors in this room, and it's it's a tech haven. I love it so much. Uh, yeah, I I saved hundreds of I saved like a thousand dollars and everything that I bought just la- like just from Prime Day. So definitely like I never buy anything from Amazon if it's full price. Yeah, no, no, no. Because it's, I, I mean, yeah. you've got your Prime Day in July, and then it's like four months until Black Friday and Christmas sales. So, I mean, it's not, if you can wait four months, wait four months. Like, there's a sale, there's a sale all the time. So, watch list it. Yeah, it I'm not day. gonna sh- I'm not gonna show for Amazon because I don't like their business practices. No, uh, I mean, but I did. I also pro- can't justify paying full price. <laughs> no, I know. Same. The only thing I got for for quote Prime Day or whatever was I was able to get the Harry Potter movies. Uh, at, you you still buy like physical movie like discs and stuff? Blu-rays. Yep. Interesting. Yep. I have a Blu-ray collection. I mean, so some movies are very difficult to find online. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that in two seconds when I start talking about other movies that I'm going to start watching. Can I tell you what the last movie that I bought a physical copy of was? Can I guess? Yeah, it's it's from a, like over a decade ago. Over a decade? <laughs> My guess is going to be The Dark Knight. No, it was I Am Legend, the Will Smith zombie movie, 2007. That a piece of shit. It's so man. bad, but I loved it that? so much for some reason back then. I don't know why. I was also, I was... Brain rot. I, I, I started high school in 2006. So I was like 13 or 14 when this movie came out. It's like, it was half a lifetime ago. Uh, and that's the last movie that I bought, and it was a DVD. I've never purchased. I don't own a single Blu-ray <clears throat> or an HD DVD. Not a single one. That's um, fair. I think I I've mean... been. I was given DVD copies of. I think The Force Awakens. I've been given a few DVDs since then, but I haven't purchased a single hard copy movie. 
I uh, I sail the seven seas and I want to watch movie content if it's not on a streaming that's service. Fair. That's your that's your prerogative. Yeah. For me, I like the collection part of it. That's and fair. And the other thing is, some movies have limited Blu-ray releases, or I'm more interested in director cuts. I would say at least twenty-five percent of my collection are either director's cuts, or they are movies that aren't prominently or regularly featured on streaming platforms. Gotcha. And then I would say about 50% of my collection was made redundant by Disney plus. Yeah. Yeah. I know like when I was a kid at home, we would buy like every Disney movie on VHS. We have a whole closet of just like Disney movies. Keep those. They're probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whether it's when my, when my parents pass away, thanks mom. If you're listening, Uh, (laughs) I'm selling all of those by the way. (laughs) Yeah. And their VHS, I I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not. I find VHS quality is still the quality is still pretty good. It's not as good. It's, it's not just like, like listening on vinyl, like, right? Like Yeah. It, it's 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 old, but the quality was there. It's obviously not like IMAX HD quality, but it's for what for what it was at the time, it's amazing. I wore out a tape of Jurassic Park. Yeah, there was a movie. I can't remember if it was maybe like the Aristocrat, Aristocats that my sister may have worn out. I can't remember if that. There's definitely a couple movies that we watched a lot as kids. Yeah, I remember that one being one of them. Or, and Aristocats I think is one of those Disney movies that just didn't age well. Do not watch it. No, it The is... Land Before Time were the movies that we watched a lot. Sharp Tooth. Yeah. Were you Were you a Sharp Tooth stan? I was a Sharp Tooth stan. Always, I love. I Sharp wanted Tooth. him to get the kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's because i saw jurassic park first and, I was and you like, wanted a t-rex to win yeah yeah <laughs> um, the t-rex is the real hero of jurassic park by the way absolutely the dinosaurs are the real heroes the dinosaurs because are the they're real killing heroes. humans who created them yeah your anyway we're so preoccupied etc etc i love that line what it, your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't, they didn't they stop should. to think if they should yeah. i love that line that's like I a classic it. line in like in like marketing circles too is like just because we can doesn't mean we should yes i use that line often yeah uh in any scenario any where scenario. i feel like it's necessary yeah same with uh hello there hello there hello there yeah i use that a lot too and that's a good nobody one. only very very few people ever pick up on it like when i'm doing a baseball game the catcher will come up to me and i'll just be like hello there <laughs> <laughs> the start of the game every time and they always they don't they just say hi <laughs> one more movie thing before we get in we actually yes. talk about baseball because that's what we are a baseball podcast allegedly uh i am going to be delving into one of my favorite things very soon uh cinema but i'm, I'm going i'm doing something cool where i'm gonna look at another country uh you probably hear me typing there a little bit but i'm gonna start watching movies uh from japan and you're probably thinking like um anime but no it's not that's not what i'm thinking of i'm actually thinking of um back in the 1950s there was a director named akira kurosawa a lot of people may be familiar with him now because of the influence of star wars uh or perhaps your dad or your grandpa used to watch uh spaghetti western movies but um i bought a copy a blu-ray copy of rashomon 
Okay. Which is one of Kurosawa's most well-known movies. Uh, and I haven't opened it up yet. Like, I haven't watched it yet. I've been saving it for a special occasion. And uh, I think I am going to watch it uh, very soon. Like, I think it's going to be next weekend I'm going to watch Rashomon. So I'm very excited. If are you familiar with Kurosawa at all? No, that's I, I like I love movies, but like to look in to, when you talk about like other countries, I I couldn't tell you. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> Kurosawa was very influential when it came to the spaghetti western movies, particularly Sergio Leone, okay, who did the the Dollars trilogy with Clint Eastwood. You know, the man with no name. Yep. The uh, fistful of dollars for a few dollars more and then the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Those are all the American or the uh, English uh, titles of those movies. They're all Italian uh, directed and produced uh, Western movies. Anyway, Akira Kurosawa's samurai films very heavily influenced Sergio Leone. And George Lucas was very heavily influenced by Kurosawa. Both... Uh, the Seven Samurai, which was remade in America as uh, The Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. very loosely. Uh, anyway, so both Seven Samurai and The Hidden Fortress are both basically Star Wars. Like, right. that's it's the bones. That and uh, separate from Kurosawa, the movie Damn Busters, which was this. Uh, 1950s movie about i think it was like the bombing of like a dam that's where the death star trench run and all that stuff comes from even some of the dialogue is peeled out of that movie uh and used for star wars but Mm. yeah if you like if you like west like showdown movies western movies try akira kurosawa i'll be watching rashomon next week and then uh i am going to start getting the early godzilla movies which nice. became really big in I was america ask about that yep that's going to be a part of it it's part of a subgenre called uh daikaiju or, or kaiju and then i'm gonna di- uh, dip my toe in uh horror movies so uh the original ring movie the ring you remember the ring from like the early 2000s yep. Yep, that's one. And then one of the most famous horror movies ever made, Onibaba, uh, which you can find, you can actually find on YouTube for free. And it's kind of silly, but it's very scary. Like, it's scary. It's about a demon. Anyway, um, I was thinking about dipping my toes in, in that as well. So there you go. Some Japanese cinema. If you have recommendations, I'm trying to watch more foreign cinema. Uh, I'm... I'm a little fatigued by superhero stuff Fair these enough. days. <laughs> so I kind of want to see what else is out there. Although I'll tell you what, Disney Plus, they've got, you can watch the Orville. Yeah. This is the best Star Trek show. It's not Star Trek, but it is Star Trek. Is that Trek. the Seth Rogen or whatever his name is? Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. It, is, yeah. it is on par, if not better, than Star Trek The Next Generation. If you're a Trekkie or Trekker or whatever they want to, be referred to as the Orville is so good. I would say even casual people, uh, like who don't like Star Trek, will love the Orville. It's very funny, 
And if you don't like Seth MacFarlane, well, then maybe it's not your cup of tea. But he's not really, like, he's not everywhere all at once. Like, he's not all over it. Yeah. It's really well-written television. And I I recommend it. I've been watching that uh, as well. And just trying to get away from watching only English movies. Trying to find other stuff. Like So if you've got recommendations for us go ahead and dm us or tweet us uh i would be interested if you've got japanese or korean cinema go ahead and drop those in the dms maybe a french film too because i can one that, that i'll give you it's uh an indonesian film that i actually watched <clears throat> it's uh called the raid it the also raid? has a sequel called the raid 2 it's uh like a good action thriller is this are you making a joke or no is this like no it's just... legit the raid is what it's called it came out in 2011 it's a good uh action okay martial arts movie <clears throat> i also like the early tony jaw stuff but it's been years yeah. check out the I'm raid watching. that's actually that's the raid 2 is actually uh, i think better than than the first one um but okay they're both really good I'll look. I'll I'll check it out after the fact. Let's start yeah. start talking about baseball. I think we <laughs> sure. it's fun to do this, but like yeah. let's get in. Let's, let's talk, talk about some ball. Um, yeah. So first of all, the Jays have a full uh, dearth of guys going to the All Star game now. Uh, we know that mm-hmm. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Alejandro Kirk were voted in as starters. They yep. were the other guys that were selected in the aftermath were Alec Manoa and George Springer. George Springer is not going. He's going to stay uh, and re and keep resting his elbow because it's still been bothering him a little bit so smart move by george we know vladdy's skipping the home run derby because of his wrist so those guys are both making smart decisions um jose altuve is not going to the all-star game which means that santiago espinal will go Uh, i'm not sure if santiago will get the start but he might because altuve was the starter i would think number two in the voting would get it or i I guess well it was santiago who was number two though so I don't think he'll start, though. Yeah, we'll see how that happens. Uh, and then just announced today, Jordan Romano is going to the All-Star game. Um, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole both decide not to go. Garrett Cole, because I believe he was pitching maybe today, and it wouldn't have been yeah. enough rest time for him to get in. And then Verlander obviously just decided not to go. I think he pitched yesterday, so technically he could have pitched, but I guess uh, he's not yeah. going to go either. So, yeah, we have... Five guys going and six total all stars with Springer in the group. Um, yeah, we know we have at least two starters there, and hopefully Manoa and Romano can both get into the game. And Espinal will definitely be getting getting in the game at some point too. So nice to see a, a full list of Jays going. Yeah, I'm having a hard time figuring out who they would justify as a starter if 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 it's not Altuve and Espinal finish second in voting. Yeah, I, I that's that's why I think it may end up being him. So, but we'll find that's out. Cool. Yeah. Either I'll way, say he's this too. in the game. Um, I know people were saying, I've seen a little bit of it on Twitter, Kevin Gossman maybe getting a snub. Um, I don't see it that way. His numbers I, have he, definitely been better than his win-loss record, though. Yeah, and then uh, on top of that, too, I, he probably wouldn't have gone anyway. Um, just nursing that. He probably still has a contusion on his ankle. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. But maybe he probably wouldn't have gone anyway. I, most people, I don't blame guys for not wanting to go. There shouldn't be any sort of mandate to force them to go anyway. I'm glad Vladdy is not participating in the home run derby. It's kind of a waste of time, and he struggled all year. Right. With consistency, and I, I think it would probably be 
shitty. Yeah. Um, it would be a shitty experience for him because he, he'd try to give it his all, as he does all the time. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I, I think it would be frustrating for him. I'll say this, though. This is very interesting. This slid across my desk just a few minutes ago. Uh, all-star catchers in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays. This was a tweet. Uh, Chris Black, at Down to Black, always has great uh, Twitter thingies yep. for, for pitchers. Um, he just took a screen grab of what was flashed today during the broadcast. Um, so there's only been four catchers in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays to make the All-Star game. Uh, Ernie Witt, 1985, at 33. John Buck, if you John Buck, that. that's a yep. deep cut. He had a great year uh, that year, though. Thirty years old at uh, in twenty ten. Uh, Russell Martin, beloved uh, catcher, at thirty two years old in twenty fifteen. And Kirk, now in two thousand twenty two, at age twenty three, he becomes the youngest. Yeah, by course, far, and the only catcher ever named as an AL starter in franchise history. Good for him. There you go. He deserves it. Very cool. I. When I saw that slide across the desk, I was like, I got to bring this up. <clears throat> very, very cool. And, uh, yeah, let's talk. Yeah, let's, about... let's quickly talk about the Futures game while we're on All-Star mode. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Blue Jays nice. had two prospects pitching or on the roster uh, yesterday's game. Josver uh, Zulueta from AA and Ricky Tiedemann from High Vancouver. Um, Zulueta only had to throw one pitch, Patrick. He came in. In the second inning, and there were, I think there were two runners on base, and he threw one pitch and recorded an out. It was a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, and he didn't come back out again. <laughs> so he was efficient. And then uh, everyone's favorite Blue Jay prospect right now, Ricky Tiedemann. It is truly Ricky's world, and we're all just living in it. He recorded three outs on nine pitches in a scoreless, clean fifth inning. So uh, I don't think he's long for high A. I believe he'll be in double A very very soon and he started the year in Dunedin Patrick so he could go up three levels this year he, uh, he had I'm not I'm not being a negative Nancy when I bring this up uh, yep. just for the record he's had a couple of not great starts recently mm-hmm. uh, he got lit up yeah uh, in his last start uh, he only made it 4.2 uh, and then the one before that uh, he had three runs uh in off three hits and five innings. I guess it's not terrible, but he got he got beat up a little tiny bit uh most recently uh in his start. I think it was ten days ago. Yeah. But still, yeah, it was good. He yeah. owns a two thirty nine ERA at that level in eight starts still. So even with those yeah, two. No records. no no. He's still yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong. Oh, I'm yeah. not saying he's You're just being a negative like Nancy that. over here. I'm just saying we've seen <laughs> in his more recent his four or three more recent starts. Yeah. He started to concede more runs. He's still getting strikeouts. Yeah. Um, he's walked a few more than usual. It was his last start was very rough. He yeah, it wasn't great. And four hits and four a couple runs. dingers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that being said, he's still the fact that he's moved up from Dunedin to Vancouver and still pitching well is is pretty encouraging. Probably he'll probably get a sniff of Double A. He's in the top uh, one hundred MLB prospects now. Where does he land? Uh, I can't remember exactly. I just remember seeing that he was in the top 100. He is probably... He's on the temporary inactive list. I wonder what that Because he was at the Futures game. Right. Okay. So he... 
He will probably see another promotion this year, but I don't see a reason to rush it. Yeah, I mean, if he's ready, he's he ready. Do. Yeah, it's only nineteen. Very cool, and it was also very cool to see Yasser Azulueta get his, uh, even though yeah. it was one pitch. He threw one pitch, got out of the jam. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. 97 mile an hour heater got a jam shot so no it was good uh let's talk uh let's talk draft this yep. is really i find this very interesting yep. because the mlb draft is such a crap shoot starts tonight first it round it does uh it starts at what 4 p.m pacific or 5 i can't pacific, remember like yeah it starts it starts this evening um mm-hmm. the blue jays on the 23rd pick in the draft in the first round so that's their pick they'll have tonight yep um the orioles and <clears throat> diamondbacks pick one and two and there are two sons of former major league players in Jackson Holiday and Drew Jones. You can probably guess who Drew Jones's dad <coughs> is, um, and it is spelled D R U W as well. Uh, so yeah, Andrew Jones's son Drew, and then Matt Holiday's son Jackson, are projected to go one and two in any order really. Um, Drew is a center fielder like his dad, and unlike his father, Jackson Holiday is not an outfielder. He is a shortstop. So. A couple, a couple of really important positions, maybe the two most important defensive positions on the baseball diamond, shortstop and center field, they're going to go one and two today, most likely. But uh, no consensus on who's going to be number one. Lots of people think it's going to be Drew, and lots of people think it's going to be Jackson, so we'll find out. But uh, the Jays out 23, Patrick. There are a few interesting players around that level, both arms and bats. We were talking before the show... And I was looking through a bunch of mock drafts and there are four players who I was consistently seeing around the 20 to 25 range. The Bujas, of course, at 23 that could be available at that time. There's also the possibility that Kumar Rocker falls down the draft order. Of course, he was picked 11th last year by the Mets, but was never signed due to some medical issues. Um, he's projected to go in the first round again, but people are really up in the air on where he will be picked. He's mm-hmm. been tied to the Red Sox a lot. The Red Sox pick one spot below the Blue Jays at 24. So if he's available, maybe the Jays take a shot on him. But there are other there, there are a few other guys that we liked, and three of them are outfielders, and one of them is a pitcher. The consistent thing is that they all bat left-handed and the pitcher throws left-handed so addressing organizational lacks the Blue Jays have right now it's definitely outfielders and pitching obviously with Ricky Tiedemann increasing his stock as a lefty that helps but you can never have too much as we've seen that this season and the lack of starting depth that the Blue Jays currently have Um, all four of these guys that we're going to look at are also college players so they're all at least 20 years old. I believe they're all actually 21. Um, oh, sorry. No, one of us 22 still. His birthday is not until October uh, when he'll turn 21. But it's it's still a nice way to have guys who have some experience like Alec Manoa who can likely shoot through your system a lot faster than guys who don't that are straight out of high school. Uh, who would you like to see the Blue Jays pick, Patrick? We'll start with you. I'm interested in Dylan Beavers um, because he's a competent left-handed bat. He throws right-handed too, so he's not like a lefty-lefty. He's a right-hander who bats left-handed. Yeah, 
I find that interesting, and the fact that he is, I believe this is his third year. That's correct. Uh, at UFC. Yeah, California. He plays the California Golden, Golden Bears. Bears. Yeah. Um, he's about to turn 21. Yep. Uh, in August. Looks to be good in the outfield fielding. Not that that really matters much, but it's it was his really impressive slash line. I don't have it up on my computer anymore, but I thought it was baseline was like 297. Something like that. I'm going to just give me a second. I'll find it. <sighs> I had it open and then I closed it. <laughs> I, I have it open if you want. 291, 427, 634 slug for a 1060 OPS, which is phenomenal. He had 17 home runs and 50 RBIs in 56 games. Uh, NCAA, I would put somewhere on the level of like double A. I would not say that it's triple A caliber. No, it's definitely not triple A caliber. I'd say double A. It'd be competitive with double A, but maybe especially a bit in lower. Division One baseball. For yeah. sure, yeah. But uh, as far as feeling goes, from it's difficult to find the, the data, but uh, I believe he's fairly competent. Yeah, tough to... As a, as a fielder, I just like the idea of a left-handed bat, in the, and then he plays all the outfield positions, so he has that flexibility. Yeah, um, he actually played 56 games in right field and one in center field this year. Yeah, that's concerning, but... Not really. It could Blue just not, be the Blue Jays aren't going to sign Teoscar Hernandez to a long-term deal. I don't think so. We'll talk. About not that anymore. Time, no, I think that the. the uh, we'll talk about that another time, but yeah, yeah, we don't have time for that today. But yeah, anyways, he's left-handed bat though, which the Jays do need. Uh, who are you interested in? Uh, I'm. I I do like Beavers. Uh, it, great I name have, too, by the way. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, great Canadian name as well. If, if you wanted to really fit in with the country, we could have there could be some great promotions tied to that and bobblehead ideas. This oh, right. Him with like a beaver on his head or something, you know. Um, anyway, uh, I if, if I had to pick a <sighs> outfielder, I, I, I think I would actually go with Drew Gilbert. He's a little bit smaller, he's a smaller guy. Um, he's five, he's five nine. Is a true lefty, bats left, throws left. He's currently playing with Tennessee in the SEC, the Volunteers. Uh, this season, Patrick, a slash line of 362, 455, 673 for a 1.128 OPS. He still had 11 home runs, even as a littler guy, with 21 doubles and three and four triples. So he's got some wheels. 21 years old already, just he'll turn 22 in September. So he's a little bit older than Beavers, a full year. Essentially, he was drafted by the Twins actually in 2019 out of high school, but did not sign. That was in the 35th round. He decided to go to school, so good for him. Uh, So he's already been through the draft once, Um, hasn't been in the draft since, but is now ready to play professional baseball. Uh, So yeah, we'll we'll see him pick this year. And I've seen him anywhere from about 15 to 26 ish on draft boards so he may go a little bit before the blue jays but there's a good chance he would be available that's who i would pick if i was picking an outfielder um i also but i but the guy that i want to the team pick is a pitcher uh left-hand starter cooper jerpe i'm hoping i'm saying that right has a, sure. have a silent h at the part of it jerp maybe yeah i don't know but he's from oregon state uh the beavers there too <laughs> another team and the link to the beavers right there 
Um, but this year, so he is 21. He'll, he, he turned 21 in March. So he's a, a spring training baby, basically. Um, he was 11 and two this year in eight, in 18 games. He started 17 of them in the game that he did not start. He actually recorded a save in 103 innings pitched, had an ERA of, uh, 253 Patrick with a whip of 0.871. He struck out 161 batters and only walked 23. That's the strikeouts of per nine innings of 14 Whoa. and a walks per nine of two. So a 21-year-old who will turn 22 at the beginning of spring training next year. Probably start in double A. Yeah, I could see him starting in double A. Um, high A at the worst. So he'd go to Vancouver and maybe for be one. there for like maybe a month and a half. And by June, probably be in, in New Hampshire. Um, that's like, that, that, this, is, this to me screams fast-moving arm. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. So he's not... He's not a big guy. Like he's not like Manoa. I think is like six five, two fifty, or six yeah. four. I think he's a big he's boy. Big, he's a large. So this man. guy's this guy's a lanky lefty, but he's not like Chris Sale where he he blows away in the wind. Um, this guy's got some meat on his bones still. Uh, he's from California. I, I don't know. Like I like the guy quite a bit. Um. I looked into. I haven't been able to find too much data. I was. I was just watching some highlights actually as we were like prepping for the show. And he looks like he's pretty good. He's got some velo to him. I didn't really see how hard he's throwing, but yeah, for me it's just like, man, lefty arm, college arm, great numbers with command, and his command. His, his numbers have improved every year that he's pitched in college to which you'd expect a guy as a guy grows into his body, right? So, um. I, I just I think that he's worth a twenty third round a twenty third overall pick, so that's who I'd like to see the Jays pick. Who would you not want to see them sign? Is there anybody in this in the list who uh, I haven't like I've done a I, I did a little bit of reading like the last few days, honestly. I haven't been as prepared as I normally would be for this in terms of my prospect knowledge, but I haven't seen any like really like red flags or any articles talking about players who teams are like maybe a little bit leery about Kumar Rocker is the only one that I've really seen for that just because of the medical issues last year that didn't allow him to sign with the Mets. Um, he's been pitching an independent ball this year. So yeah, I don't know. I think he'd, he'd be the only one that I'd have concerns over, but the, and the worst thing about drafting a guy and then not being able to sign him is that you, you basically, you, you don't have that first round pick that year. You just, that you don't have you don't have that player. You have to wait till the next year to get a comp pick for it. So it just sets your it sets your farm back a little bit. So, but I'm not too worried about anybody in terms of like any red flags or anything like that. I don't. Yeah, I'll say this. I don't. I'm not against us drafting Kumar Rocker, but I no. don't think it's going to happen. I think I see him going go. a little bit before. Yeah, same. I think um, between 15 and 20 is where he's going to land. Yeah, I, the scouting stuff is very scattered on him, and I don't know if it's because the injury concern or, yeah. the, or you, it's hard to like. Like I've seen him as high ball. as thirteen, and like as low as like twenty eight in some different mocks. So he's probably going in the first round, though. I don't. Oh see yeah, he's I, out he's a he's a first round pick unless something comes out in the next like three hours <laughs> before the draft starts. I don't see him slipping. He won't so. be top five. He yeah. won't be twenty fifth. I yeah. think he'll be off the board before the Jays get their chance. And even then, sure. their pitch, yes, pitching is definitely something that the Jays need to yeah. fill uh, the coffers. Uh, but 
outfield depth, I think, is probably more important. And we both sort of already highlighted. Yeah, they're going to use the old best player available strategy. Um, so if, if somebody, say, a middle infielder falls down, that should have been like a top 15 pick. I can see them just taking him anyway. But if, I think they're... That would be annoying if they took a shortstop. But... Yeah, I do think their priority is likely outfield and pitching. And probably, I, I would even put pitching number one. I think you can sign and trade for outfielders more than you can for pitching. I think teams are more hesitant to trade pitching prospects, especially top-ranked pitching prospects, than they used to be. Just because of the fact that if you can get an Alec Manoa caliber guy, you can get them for five or six years before they even hit free agency and pay them dirt, basically. You know, so it's it's whereas an outfielder you can go out and sign somebody who's a good player for ten to fifteen million dollars a season versus a pitcher for twenty five to thirty. You know, so pitching is more fickle though. It um, is big time. It's more risky, I think, in the draft. But if you hit it like you did with Manoa, <laughs> then you're laughing. Yeah, but it doesn't happen all the time, of course. So, what's your yeah? I'd say like. A pitcher or an outfielder for the first few picks. That's my shopping list for the first two rounds, and then I think after once you get once you get to the comp picks, like the Jays pick five times in the first one hundred picks, they have the seventy seventh and seventy eighth picks as compensation for Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon signing elsewhere. Obviously, yeah. Uh, once you get to once you get past the second round, you're taking best player available regardless of what the position is. If there's somebody at that seventy seventh or seventy eighth pick. The benefit there is you get two picks in a row, right? So, like, if you if you have a guy that that you, that really fell, you can take him with one of those picks, and then there's, if there's a guy that you really want, you you just doesn't matter what order you take him in because you know they're not going to disappear. <laughs> yeah, I I also play the show, and I'll do right. I I always take the the player that I've scouted the most. Sure. That is the highest, uh, like, whatever highest ranking yeah yeah so like i usually my first pick is a throwaway for best player available although i will never draft in the show i will never draft a closer or relief pitcher even if they are max scouted and they're an 80 uh i won't draft them because it's not worth it you're better off just taking flyers on guys at that point if the show is different i'm just i don't know i'm just talking about i started playing the show lately and I have fun with the drafting, although it's not the same as hockey. Draft picks are—it's very, very different. Much more random. Yeah, no, big time. But yeah, no, I, I think with with the Jays having that sixtieth and then having seventy-seven and seventy-eight—that's three picks within twenty spots. They might be able to make a little bit of noise there with some good picks. So. Yeah, I expect. I think we only get the first round tonight. Maybe the first two. I can't remember how deep they go. Yep. the first night of the draft but the rest will happen tomorrow so i would I, I if i woke up in the morning and it was dylan beavers i would be thrilled I'd yeah be by the time most people happen. listen to this episode they'll already know who the jays picked so hopefully yeah. we're not talking out of our ass too much you know let's <laughs> talk about this series against kansas city obviously yeah. we previewed it and 10 players were not going to be coming yeah expectations were <laughs> They could not have been higher for this team. And they ended up walking away with a series win. Three wins, one loss. The first loss uh, happened in game one. It was a three to one, mm-hmm. uh, very lackluster effort. The Jays were 0 for 5. 
with runners in scoring position. They got a quality outing from Kevin Gossman and did and nothing with it. it. Yeah. Um, home solo shot given up by Banda there in the eighth, I think it was, or the ninth, or the ninth. Sorry, right. Yeah. Um, Chappie got a homer. Uh, there's really nothing to say except this game was just a tremendous disappointment. They went with a different lineup. Uh, Kirk hit third, Guerrero hit second, Bichette fourth, Tasker fifth, Guriel sixth, Chappie seventh. SB 8th, Jansen ninth. At some point, man, I just feel like Boba Shett's just having a time this year. This, remember when I was like, he's going to be the MVP? He's just having a garbage year. Is it all plate discipline, or is it just bad uh, Babbitt luck? What is it? Uh, <laughs> that's, I've been trying to answer that question all year. And there's no easy answer. It's there's no easy answer because it's it's been coming in waves so much. It's either really good or really bad. And I just I don't know, man. I the power's <laughs> definitely not there. Yeah, the power is lacking, but that's that could be the same across most of baseball. <clears throat> While that may be true for Bo specifically. Yeah. I mean, he is supposed to be a 30-30 threat. He's got 14 home runs in uh, 92 games and yeah. only seven stolen bases. He's been caught six times. Yeah, he's he hasn't been stealing bases as much or as well this year. Um, defensively, I we we could argue this all the live long day when it comes to Bo. From what I'm seeing, from my perspective, uh, he the errors are down. Yeah, he's on pace to have less errors than last year. But his errors have cost us games. And I don't know. You can't just put it out. He's 23 years old. I can't just put it all on him and say it's Bo's fault we're losing baseball games. It's not. But he's obviously not playing as well as he did last year. Anybody with two eyeballs could see that. What do you want to see from him in the second half of the season? What's your expectation for Bo? I just want to see him consistently spraying the ball. I think there's been times where this year he's been shooting the ball the other way a lot, which is what you want to see from yeah. Bo. And there's also been times where we've just seen him just like rolling over balls and just chopping balls down back <laughs> to the mound that. or back to second base. Like I think he's kind of like how Vladdy was the first month there where Vladdy was kind of just topping everything. Yeah. That's kind of the, I think that's kind of where Bo is right now. I think he's just a little bit late on a lot of stuff. Obviously, we're not hitting coaches here. <laughs> no. But just just from we watch a lot of baseball and we watch a lot of the same team, and he doesn't look comfortable right now. Like he he got frozen on a fastball today. Yeah. And when do you when do you see Bo ever not swing at a fastball? Like you don't. You ready for some cold water, folks? Yeah. Uh, Bo went two for 15 during this four game set with Kansas city. Right. Uh, not ideal. Um, it didn't get any better for him and I'm not trying to pick, I'm not just picking on Bo. Bo's not the only one who's having a hard time. Although no. I'll say this after this weekend, I w I feel a sigh of relief, uh, when it comes to Vladdy, Vladdy, even though he went 0 for four in the first game, he went one for five in the next game. He went three for four 
yesterday and two for four today. Yeah, and he hit he hit that fucking screamer in the ninth inning last Just, night there too. Yeah, an absolute piss missile as we like to call it. <laughs> so um, six, he went six for uh, seventeen in I the think, series. Something yeah. like that. Six for seven over three. That's like three forty. Yep, you'll take that, especially after uh, a, a rough performance there. Seems like the first he always has an O for a game in every series. Most players um, will. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's good to kind of see him bounce back. His average for the year is up to two sixty three, which is still about thirty points lower yep. than last year. He's still an All Star. Blah blah blah. Springer has gotten quite cold. Uh, yeah, I think not he needs, to start he needs, piling a, I think on he needs a rest, but yeah, yeah, All Star break would be good for him. He's hitting 216 in his last 30 games, although he has six home runs. Um, We've seen a a very slight uptick in his walks, which is great. Um, Yeah, I think think the man just needs some rest. Uh, But I'll still take, I'll take, I'll take, you know, 250 from, from Springer. That's uh, ideal. His career averages are down there, so yeah. yeah I'd like that. I'd like for it to be a little bit better, but um, you want to talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I do. And I want to talk about Rymel Tapia, so let's talk about both of those guys. Yeah. So obviously, we know that Gurriel's on one of his classic Lourdes Gurriel heaters right now, where he just seems that whatever he <clears throat> whatever he touches just seems to fall for a base hit. Um, wasn't enough to get him into the all-star game, which is really disappointing for him. Yeah. I think, I think the lack of power there. numbers. Yeah, for sure. I was just going to say that too. Yeah. His OPS is at 791 with a 307 average. Um, but if you look at his stats over his last 30 games, Patrick Marsh, he's hitting 368. Yep. Uh, over that time, 42 hits, but only two of them have gone over the fence. Only, and only 11 RBIs in that time too. So he's getting on base a lot. Scoring a lot too. Scoring a lot of runs, yeah. He scored eighteen runs in that time, uh, but hasn't been driving a lot of runs in. Uh, in fact, his last seven games, he's hitting three seventy with only with only one RBI, and that's because he's hitting down lower in the order. Um, yeah. But we saw they moved him up a couple times to like the fifth spot, and he didn't hit as well. I think he's like he's just like a guy who just hits like sixth or seventh in your lineup, and that there's nothing wrong with that. He just has like that middle to bottom of the order kind of style. Yeah. But if you have a, if you got a guy down there who's hitting three, like 370 in your last seven games or 368 in the last 30, you're, you're loving it. You're loving life. He has only had two games so far in the month of July where he does not have a hit. Yeah. He's, he's on, he's on one. (laughs) He's 23 for 57, which is 404 average. In July, 443 yeah. OBP and a 526 slug. In the and that's after hitting 355 in June. <clears throat> I would have thought it would have been enough to get him into uh, the game as a replacement player, the All-Star game. However, there's a lot of outfielders. The, there is, and the power drop-off is drastic. It's yeah. really strange. That would have been, that would not have been one of the things I would have expected to drop off. Yeah, like he's only got five home runs this year. and Usually he's good for 20. Yeah, and uh, only 36 RBIs too. Like he's, yeah, he's yeah. about half of his production that you'd expect right now. 
So uh, the strikeouts though appear to be down. They are a little bit. The walks uh, though are still not up. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But hey, ideal. If you're gonna hit, he's hitting what three oh seven right now. I will take the lack of walks because we know he's getting on base with the bat rather than with his eyes. So. I d- explain to me because. Because, like, I, I understand how baseball works, but explain to me why you wouldn't want Lord Esguerreal Jr. leading off or hitting second. Because he doesn't take a lot of pitches. Why is that He's... important? I'm, so, not, I'm not arguing No, I'm just you. saying, I like, just his, his, as a leadoff hitter, mm-hmm. George Springer has a pretty good walk rate. Like you know yes, that yeah. he's going to have competitive at bats all the time. He's got the power. He leads off the game with a home run. I think he's what like what seven or eight home runs off at a leadoff spot this year to lead off a game. Yeah, it's pretty obscene. Yeah, he's hitting a lot of home runs. <clears throat> I, I for me, I, I just think Guriel, even though he's hitting as well as he is, he's still a guy who every once in a <laughs> while will just go up there and just swing at the first pitch and maybe hit it a ground ball. And it might not be the best pitch to hit. I don't, he doesn't have the best plate selection. If he gets a pitch that he likes on that, that inner half, it's probably going in straight up the middle of the center field. But I think he's such a... He's a line drive hitter, and he doesn't have the best eye. I just don't... I, I, don't, know, I don't know what it is, Patrick, but for me, I look at Guriel and I see like, oh yeah, he's a, he's a, six, he's a six or seven spot hitter. He just has that lack of plate awareness <laughs> where I wouldn't want him leaning off a game because if he's not getting a hit, he's probably not getting on base. You know, there's like, there's, there's a pretty close to 0% chance he's taking a walk. And that's the thing for me is that I, when I, when I, when I, when I have my Vladdy coming up, who's now hitting in second base, I want there to be a pretty high percentage that the guy ahead of him is going to get on base. Like what Guriel's, OB, OBP this year is 358. I'm just going to look up George Springer while I'm on the topic as well, too. Well, while you're doing that, I'll say another thing just to kind of support what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, Springer's now. is uh, it's 330. So. A little bit less, but again, yeah, he drives but again, the, the power. Uh, and Guriel's OBP <clears throat> is driven by the 307 average. So his, his on-base percentage is only uh, 51 50. points higher versus Springer's, whose is 80 points higher. So there's a pretty big difference there. Springer's walk rate is down a little bit this year, but he also has the 17 home runs versus the five for Gurriel. One other thing, just to finish off the thought on Gurriel, at any other spot other than six or seven, he doesn't have the speed to steal bases. Yeah, Springer's got nine stolen bases this year. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Gurriel has... Three. He's three for five, so it's up from last yeah, year. Springer's nine for ten. But it's just the versatility at the plate just isn't there. Yeah, so I think if, if Guriel was hitting for more power, I think we'd have an argument here. But he's not, and it's probably yeah. not likely to dramatically change. No. So we're, we will see a downtick in his offensive production. Yeah. However, his average yeah. still... His BABIP this year, by the way, too, Patrick, it's currently sitting at 361. His career average is 328, so it's not super inflated, but it is a lot higher than than you would expect. So I, I do think we will see his, his numbers drop down. Like I agree, is a 280, 290 hitter somewhere in there. Like he is a very good average hitter, but over 300, I think, is a little bit of a reach for him. But he could do it. I'm not saying he can't. He could. Yeah. He did it before. He hit 308 in yeah. 2020. Versus Springer's Babbitt this year is only 264. 
versus a 301 career. So his his BABIP is a lot is pretty far down, but he is still hitting for power, so we're fine with that. Yep. Well, I think we covered that pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, I like him at six or seven, like you said. Yeah, he's just perfect down there because I mean. He helps turn the lineup and, around. And out of your top five, Springer, Guerrero, Kirk, Bichette, and Teoscar, like who are you going to bump down in favor of Guriel? Those those five guys are your best RBI batters right there. They are. They're your although... most consistent hitters. <coughs> and Teoscar's been on a heater too. We could talk about him, but we just don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. We are going to talk about Rymel Tapia, though, because I want to talk about sure. Rymel Tapia. And uh, there was a very long stretch of time where. He was more worthy of criticism. Uh, however, I wouldn't say so much now, although uh, the man yeah. does not walk. Every, his Everything for him is driven by, it's similar yeah. to Guriel. Uh, the power is not there, similar to Guriel. Uh, however, he's hitting 323 and uh, uh, with a 337 OBP and a 505 slug in his last 30 games. Yeah. Um, Gone are the days where we, we could be mad at <laughs> Rymel Tapia for not doing what is asked of him. At this point, he is on a four-game hitting streak. Um, he had a big pinch hit yesterday. In that sure, did. sure did. Sure um, did. I just... He started the month with his average at 259 and it's now all the way up to 275 yeah the the walks just aren't there he has one walk the entire and, and the walks have really never been there for him no one walk versus five strikeouts so he's not yeah. really striking out um well yes. only one stolen base which is about on par with previous months yeah but he's helping to turn the lineup over which again is one of the strengths of our bottom of the order guys uh, I think it was Hen- Henderson, Chris Henderson, our buddy, pointed out that, or maybe it was Keegan. Somebody pointed out that the bottom half of the lineup was doing a lot of heavy lifting uh, in recent games. And it's guys like Gurriel and Tapia and Santiago Espinal who are helping to turn the lineup around, get it back up to the big boppers, and giving them that extra shot at trying to drive in runs. And while it's not working a lot of the time, because they're mired in their own slumps. If you, if I told you at the beginning of the year and didn't say a name, and I said we would have one guy going into the break hitting two seventy five for the year, um, but was hitting three twenty three in his last thirty games, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's great." Yeah, he can play any of the outfield positions. He's played uh, pretty much a balance of all three, although. Favored in left field because obviously Guriel, uh, for a stretch, was doing first base time when there was no Cavan right. to, to take a spot. Um, are you satisfied with Rymel Tapia with what you're getting from him? More than happy with him, yeah. I think the six eighty eight OPS is deceptive because the guy just he doesn't take walks. He's not there to take walks. Uh, in fact, in the last seven games, he is eight for 18 with a 444 average and his OBP is the exact same because he's taken no walks to four strikeouts, one home run, four RBIs, 667 slug. The guy will occasionally get on a heater, but he's been very good at the plate the last 30 games 
and he is a, probably one of the reasons why this team isn't performing worse because mm-hmm. our depth hitting is hitting. They've been really consistent. Espinal, I think, is somewhere in the 270s, isn't he, for the year? For somewhere that around that area, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's 271. He's seen a des- pretty significant downtick in his average here in the, the, the second quarter of the season. However, um, elite defensively. And Espinal has earned his place at the All-Star game. But it's nice to see our lineup is getting turned over to the big boppers. And it's just a matter of time before those guys get their shit together and just start mashing home runs. And the same thing happened last year where there was uh, struggles. And then all of a sudden they went on a heater and they just barely missed the playoffs. Very similar record, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, there you go. After this uh, series there with Kansas City, we are currently in a playoff spot. It It's strange, though. It's strange to see the fandom just so split on <laughs> whether know. or not they were justified in firing Charlie, whether it was Charlie's fault. We are in a playoff spot with Charlie. We're still in a playoff spot now. Yep. We... Probably won't gain any ground on uh, Tampa today. Boston is on track to lose. They're getting thumped by the Yankees. So we're probably about two games ahead of Boston going into the break. Yeah, and that's who the Jays will play after the break, starting on Friday next week, or this coming week here. Exactly. For, I think it's, is it four games at Fenway or just three? Three, I think. It is. But I could be mistaken. Um. I know it was really frustrating to watch him lose that first game, but how do it's you three. feel after this? I feel fine, honestly. Um, I think that it, it was definitely we we talked about it on, on Wednesday, whenever that was. It was it was a necessary a necessary move to fire Charlie, uh, and obviously it seems like the team has responded a little bit. Playing against a team that was missing ten people also helps, but you take wins when you can get them. And, you know, I, I just think that uh, going into the second half, three big games at Fenway, if you can win that series, that um, gives you further ground on Boston, who is a team that you're battling with. Obviously, we think the Yankees are out of reach, and they likely are because it's they're like 15 games ahead. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, yeah that, that's what it is. But you're, you're basically competing. You want to get that top wild card spot so that you get that first, you get that wild card series at home. You want that. You don't want to have to go on the road for that wild card series. No. Um, and then, yeah, after after that, you you do what you can against whoever you play next, uh, and and then yeah, that's that's it, man. I just feel like the team has they've done well enough in this first half. This they have a similar record to what they had in in the, the last twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen playoff years. Might be even a little bit better, to be honest with you. 50 yeah, it, it is very similar though. Like so that. I just I do think that with, with a couple of moves from the front office, this team is is very close to doing something special in the playoffs. So I think that the fans should just you know chill a little bit, <laughs> and uh, it's gonna happen. Yeah, the schedule is still not yeah. as tough as it was in, in the first forty or fifty games. Not to say we should take any of these games for granted. We just got our asses pounded 
by Seattle, and although everybody has gotten their asses pounded by Seattle, uh, <laughs> their asses kicked. Yeah. Uh, by Seattle. Who yeah, they're on a they're on a streak. Game winning streak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're the team we're competing with. Tampa, we're not that far behind either one of them. No, it's and Seattle's going to start race. losing again. It's like they're not going to win every game. So no, they're yeah. not going to win every single remaining game. Um, the Jays have played them. The Jays are done playing them for the regular season, though. So if they're going to gain, if, yeah. the, if they're going to gain ground against mm-hmm. Seattle, they've just got to win games when Seattle loses. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs. They're the team I'd least like to face. I will face... I'll take any other team in the playoffs. I do not want to face Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, they've got Definitely a good... Not. They've got good pitching, and we, we've seen that they are a nightmare for the Blue Jays. They absolutely are. Before we wrap up, Justin, do you want to talk about Bradley Zimmer, or are we... No, let's, let's let Bradley sleep. Um, we'll, give him, right. we'll, give him, we'll give him the All-Star break without criticism. And then we will tear him a new one next time unless he hits four home runs in a row. It's not enough, man. <laughs> it's, it's not, not enough. En- it, it would take far more than that. <laughs> but anyway, we don't have to get into we it. We don't have to get into Bradley Zimmer today. We've been going for an hour. <laughs> let's uh, let's shut her down here. We'll go enjoy the All-Star break. Hopefully uh, hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully all the Blue Jays get to pitch. Manoa's likely going to get in. Romano is maybe going to get in. This It's always tough. You don't have enough time to get all your pitchers into an all-star game. So. Yeah, who cares? Hopefully, they're going to be there. They're going to have a great time, get to interact with a lot of their peers that they don't normally see, especially with the National League. So it'll be nice to see. Uh, it's always fun to watch the all-star games to see the players kind of having a good time. So it's a, it's a, it's a fun game. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Um. Yeah, no, it's always a good time. But anyway, next series starts Friday the twenty second. Three games at Fenway. Three games at uh, beautiful Fenway. Yeah, historic uh, gem of baseball, Fenway Park. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would. We we might be back before then. We'll figure it Maybe. out. If not, we'll talk about it after the fact. But go enjoy might the All Star break, everybody. Take some time off. Get off Twitter for a bit. Go outside. Touch, touch, grass. touch some grass. Yep. Um. I'm not sure how it's like in the rest of Canada, but it's hot here in Saskatoon, so I'm yeah. just hiding in my basement. But anyway, yeah, we'll try and get outside anyway and touch some grass at some point. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. DM or tweet us any comments, questions about the show, topics you want us to cover. You can listen to us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Find us online at bfmdpodcast.com. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave us a review, five stars or less. Honest feedback is appreciated. That helps us uh, find more people and more people find us. For Patrick out in beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.